Catholic commentary. Spiritual warfare. Stay ready so you don't have to get ready. Jesus 911. Soul Patrol Jesus 911. One man car. My name is Jess Romero. Uh, welcome, welcome to Jesus 911 Monday morning. I just got back from <clears throat> the Charlotte, North Carolina. Praise the Lord. I was out there preaching the Catholic gospel. But let's, uh, let me just start off by telling you that the month of February is dedicated to the Holy Family. This special devotion ba- began back in the 17th century. And it proposes the Holy Family of Jesus, Mary, and jo- Joseph as a model of virtue of all Christian households. Also today, we're going to talk about the power of forgiveness. I'm also going to talk about Satanists and the controversial black mass again in Oklahoma. And then we're going to get into the liber crystal method of healing deliverance from evil spirits, explaining the importance and the power of forgiveness. This is going to be absolutely mind-blowing. <clears throat> yeah, once you hear about the power of forgiveness. Let me also mention a couple things that are on the news that affect us as Catholics. And remember, as Catholics, uh, the mission of the Catholic faith and the mission of every single Catholic is to be an evangelizer. Absolutely, an evangelizer. So what's happening in the world right now? Majority of voters, first news item, including Democrats, say Biden is too old. A shocking Ipsos poll released Saturday found that 86% of adults now believe Biden, 81, is too old to serve a second term in the White House. A massive majority of Democrats, 73%, and 91% of independents believe Biden is too old. Also, the NFL continues trying to disunite America by featuring two separate anthems to begin the Super Bowl writes the editors of the Washington Examiner. Our country has only one national anthem which speaks for all its citizens to suggest otherwise is anathema. Also, Tim Scott bill would protect pro-life clinic funding. Senator Tim Scott, Republican from South Carolina, last week introduced a bill that would protect protect the funding of pro-life pregnancy centers against the Biden administration's attempt to cut, cut, cut such clinics off. Tim Scott says, I'm proud to join this effort to allow pregnancy centers to continue doing the Lord's work and providing hope for families struggling to make ends meet. Also, the Canterbury Cathedral, can you believe it? Host Disco Party. The historic Anglican Cathedral in Canterbury held a 90s-themed disco party last Thursday and Friday that brought more than 1,500 young revelers per night Despite the strong opposition of devout Christians, this historic church is the location where St. Thomas Becket was martyred doing the Latin Mass. Also, um, exclusive genocide in Nigeria. A Nigerian bishop recently described the devastating reality that Islamist terrorists are committing a genocide against Christians. The genocide in Nigeria should be the concern of every human being, everybody, man and woman of goodwill. Bishop Wilfred Anagbi of the Diocese of Makurdi in the state of Nigeria told Catholic vote. 
also. <clears throat> the saint of the day. <clears throat> According to legend, Saint Julian the Hospitaller was destined to kill his parents, and though he left his family to stop it, he fulfilled the prophecy. Nonetheless, devastated, he devoted the rest of his life to helping people, setting up a hostel and hospital along the route soldiers took to the Crusades. Eventually, he and his wife were murdered by thieves. All right. Well, let's talk about this incredible story of forgiveness. St. Claude de Colombier and the Lord's radical forgiveness. How many people did Jesus call out of sin to not just forgive them of their sins, but in fact, grant them a prominent role in carrying out his mission? February 15th, and a few days from now, marks the feast day of a relatively obscure saint, uh, St. Claude de Colombier. St. Claude was a 17th century Jesuit priest and teacher, and a solid one at that. But he's most notable for being the spiritual director and confessor for St. Margaret Mary Alacoque, the sister to whom Jesus revealed and encouraged the devotion to his sacred heart. St. Claude's first encounter with the saintly religious came when St. Margaret Mary approached him, insisting that Jesus had appeared to her and indicated that Father Claude should give her spiritual direction. More than a little skeptical, Father Claude replied, quote, If Jesus appears to you again, you go back and ask him, what the last mortal sin was that I confessed. If you can tell me that, then I'll be your spiritual director, close quote. As it turned out, St. Margaret Mary did see Jesus again and asked him that very question, according to Sister Bethany Madonna of the Sisters of Life, who recounted this story in a talk. Jesus simply looked at her and said three words, I don't remember. Needless to say, St. Claude became her spiritual director And it's because he knew one fundamental thing about the Lord's mercy. Once a sin is forgiven, according to the Bible, Ezekiel and Isaiah and other prophets, it's gone forever because Jesus doesn't need to remember what it was. The same profound truth behind the words of Christ spoke to St. Faustina. He said, all the signs of humanity are but a drop in the ocean of my mercy. It's found all over scripture hiding in plain sight. How many people did Jesus call out of sin to not just forgive them of their wrongdoings, but in fact grant them a prominent role in carrying out his mission? St. Mary Magdalene, the former prostitute, was the first to see the risen Christ at the the empty tomb. St. Matthew, a tax collector, and one despised by literally every section of society, was asked with with, with composing one of the four Gospels, was tasks, excuse me. And St. Peter, he committed the worst of all, worse even than Judas, and he was given the, the, key, the kingdom's very keys. So why shouldn't we think any different? Or why do we think we're any different? Why shouldn't we expect that Jesus is looking to use us in magnificent ways to build up his kingdom even more? Why shouldn't we think that our worst sins are able to be forgiven and furthermore, completely forgotten? That's what the Bible says. The Old Testament prophets say that when God forgives, he forgets. That's mercy. That doesn't deny the fact that some people will go to hell or many people will go to hell. There is the justice of God. But you can see that God's God's preeminence is displayed in the Old and New Testament. His mercy precedes his justice. 
It's in the book of James and it's written by the prophets. When God forgives your sins, he forgets. That's an example of his divine, unfathomable mercy because we don't deserve that. And yet he gives it to us. Hey, let me tell you what's happening in Oklahoma. The temple of Satan is rearing its ugly head again. The Satanists want to hold a controversial black mass in Oklahoma. And uh, they want to put a statue of their demon deity, Baphomet, who we reject, rebuke, and renounce in Jesus' name. Go to the foot of the cross that he may do with you as he wills. It's a goat-headed, angel-winged, androgynous demon And remember, putting a statue of a demon in any location marks and claims the area for Satan. This is the equivalent of putting an American flag in Iwo Jima, Pacific Island during World War II. The Japanese imperialists, they saw that American flag erected as a way of saying, we've conquered you. So this devil-worshipping group, hell-bent on hosting a satanic black mass, is planning to go ahead with its controversial ceremony this month despite fervent protests by residents of Oklahoma City and a lawsuit from the Catholic Church. The founder of this uh, of the satanic group, Dakma of Angra, mind you, the co-founder, told ABC News that the religious and educational organization decided to hold the black mass in public, but it will be a tamer version than some traditional satanic ceremonies by, for example, substituting vinegar for acts involving urine to comply with state health laws. The upcoming event has generated controversy because black masses mock Catholicism and the rituals that make up their services, but organizers see it as an integral part of their religion. The founder of this temple of Satan says one of the dictates of the satanic church is not only to educate the members, but to educate the public. Yeah, right. Educate the public in drinking urine. Are you kidding me? And erecting demonic statues. How are you educating the public with that? So uh, this event is going to be held September 21st. Held at Theater Civic City Civic Center. And uh, and the Parks and Recreation Department have rented a space to the group uh, that's a shame. $420. All of you in Oklahoma should be peppering that phone, the uh, the, civi- the city civic center. <clears throat> Mr. McDaniels, here's what uh, the, the, the Parks and Recreation spokeswoman, Jennifer Lindsay McClintock, told ABC News, said, Mr. Mc- Mr. Daniels must abide by our local ordinances, our code laws, and all of our state laws. No bloodletting of any kind will be allowed. Yeah, they're going to pay attention to you, right? A $17.50 ticket buys participants a front row seat to the satanic festivities, which include a performance from the band God in a Machine and readings that call for the renunciation of God. Did you get that? The renunciation of God. Male participants and audience members are encouraged to wear black hooded full length robes, but evening wear is also appropriate for spectators. In other words, you could dress immodest. Okay. I'll make a few more comments on this, then we'll get into today's topic about the importance of forgiveness. And this is why a lot of people remain diabolically afflicted and even possessed, is because they will not forgive. We'll be right back. Stick around. Jesus 911. Now. Back to Jesus 911. If this call is not an emergency, 
Dial 888-526-2151. Soul Patrol, Jesus 911, One Man Car. My name is Jess Romero, and I'm happy to be here. Just came back from North Carolina doing some power preaching with Devil Destroying Theology out in the great uh, state of North Carolina in the city of Charlotte. So, <clears throat> the Temple of Satan is rearing its ugly head again. These guys uh, never go to sleep. These guys are these guys are very politically active. They're not like the Church of Satan. They were just plain Satanists that worship Satanists, you know, behind closed doors. The Temple of Satan, this is the second generation of Satanists, a second wave. And not only do they worship the devil, though they deny it, they say, we're rationalist. Yeah, right. Not only do they worship Satan with their statues and, and their black masses and their uh, unbaptisms, but they're also very politically wedded to the Democrat Party. And so they got political cover. And they're trying to promote Satanism in the public square from one city to another. So the Anthony Brigman, an assistant professor of theology at, em at Emory University in Atlanta, explained that the general motivating principles behind satanic groups, including Dachma of Angra, mind you, is to parody Roman Catholic liturgy by demonstrating their opposition to Orthodox Christian beliefs and practices. So notice, we are the ones that they're mocking. We are the ones that they're going after. They're not mocking the Muslims. They're not mocking the Protestants. Uh, they're, not mocking, they're not mocking the Jews. They're mocking the one true religion, the Catholic faith. Anthony Brigman, professor of theology at Emory University, says the line between parody and mockery is a fuzzy one. And it is unclear to me on which side of the line the Satanists usually fall. This professor Brigman also said the goal seems to be to acquire some of the spiritual power and magic that they associate with the Roman Catholic ritual of transubstantiation, the transformation of the Eucharistic bread and wine into the body and blood of Christ, Professor Brigman said. So co-founder of the Temple of Satan, co-founder Daniels, Daniels said, the September 21st ceremony will take place before an altar-like table where a woman in lingerie lies, another concession to reflect the state's nudity laws, but notice what's interesting here, because they usually have, in the satanic black mass, they usually have a woman sprawled naked across an altar. But because, oh yes, they're such respectful people of, of Oklahoma's uh, state law that uh, the woman is going to be wearing lingerie as she sprawled uh, across the satanic altar. Yeah, that's a, a concession to the state's nudity laws because, oh, of course, you know, there's such law-abiding people, the Satanists. The culmination of the event comes when the satanic deacons and priests stomp on the, in this case, an unconsecrated host and spit on it. Daniel said organizers will wear profane costumes, use explicit language and desecrate the fake host, which Catholic believes, Catholics believe that the real prince of Jesus Christ and a consecrated host is, is the resurrected Jesus Christ. So notice what these Satanists are going to do. And I hope the Catholics out there are going to uh, activate and, 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 uh, and mobilize and, and, and go out there and, and pray. Take your rosaries out there and go out there and peacefully protest this, uh, this, this uh, act of sacrilege and blasphemy against the Catholic Church and against our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Professor Brigman said that in other instances, 
He's heard the he has heard the reports of ritualistic practices of sex, bloodletting, and sacrifice, but it is unclear to me how much these reports are hyperbole and designed to capture the attention of the press and the public. Daniels said the Oklahoma City ceremony will wrap up with a satanic exorcism. Do you get that? A satanic exorcism? Intended to draw the Holy Spirit from the follower's body, which contrasts with traditional Catholic exorcisms that are designed to expel the devil from an individual. Boy, oh boy, now I have heard everything. A satanic exorcism? To what? To expel the Holy Spirit from a person? This is absolutely ludicrous. It says additional controversy has surrounded this particular group event because the Oklahoma City Archdiocese filed a lawsuit against Daniel's group after media reports that he was in possession of a consecrated host, a wafer that some Catholics, that no, that all Catholics believe is literally the body of Christ if it's consecrated. The host in question since has been handed over to the Archdiocese and the legal action has been stopped. But that has that has not put all of the Archbishop's concerns to rest. Archbishop Paul Coakley said in a statement, I remain concerned about the dark powers that this satanic worship invites into our community and the spiritual danger that this poses to all who are involved in it directly and indirectly. That's precisely why Catholics need to go out there and pray like we did here at Scottsdale, Arizona when they came out over here and we went out there, 300 of us. This group is... Separate from the Satanic Temple, a national group with similar beliefs that has long fought with Oklahoma City officials about the right to have a statue of the devil placed prominently in the Oklahoma State Capitol. So uh, Lucian Greaves, the leader of the Satanic Temple, told ABC News that that Dogma of Angra, mind you, this this other Satanic group, may be timing its black black mass in order to coincide with the publicity drummed up by the Satanic Temple's legal battles for the devil statue. Uh, Lucian Greaves says, I have a feeling that they're, that they're rather inspired by the attention that our activity has gotten. So these are two different satanic groups. And again, they are very active. And as Catholics, we have to be vigilant and we have to lay Catholics. We have to mobilize against them and we have to counter them with prayer rallies. All right. <clears throat> Moving right along to our Liber Cristo training. The Liber Crystal Method, a field manual for spiritual warfare. Remember that as Catholics, we fight an ancient enemy. And so we need to use the ancient weapons given to us by Holy Mother Church. And remember, the cross is a war memorial. Calvary was the rematch. And Calvary was where Satan lost. I'll tell you what the Liber Crystal method teaches you, and it's spreading throughout the country, throughout the world, thanks be to God. The Liber Crystal method of healing, uh, healing and deliverance, it teaches you how to fish. Other deliverance models just give you a fish whenever you're hungry. But Liber Crystal teaches you how to fish. Let's talk about the importance of forgiveness. Father Ripperger defines despair as the vice in which one, one estimates falsely about God's ability to save someone. Often many people harbor unforgiveness towards God, who they perceive wrongfully as not being present to their sufferings. A major psychological compatibility between the diabolical and the human is this accusation 
of unforgiveness towards God. The common ligature, moreover, is a distorted image of God. God does not need to be forgiven for anything. Too often, however, we see people harboring this anthropomorphic and modernistic projection upon him that somehow his plan has been thwarted in their lives. This includes the false accusation that God did not intend for them to be hurt and that the greatest good is that God wants them to be happy. As to the latter, there are many definitions of happy, but those who accuse God usually define happiness as a lack of suffering of any kind, when in reality, happiness is the ultimate end of the moral life. That is why many people who come to the church for liberation are seeking in reality the cessation of suffering and not reconciliation and union with God. Part of the fallen human condition is the reality of suffering. And too often people project upon God blame for the unpleasant things that happen to them. Whether you conform yourself to the will of the Father, which is always and everywhere our salvation, or instead focus narrowly on the events in your life, will determine how long this affliction remains. To borrow language from tradition, you are either ad orientum or you're or you're or you are ad hominem. In other words, you're either facing God or you're facing man. Until the modern period, churches were always built so that the altar faced towards the east ad orientum in anticipation of the second coming of Christ. The second coming promised by Jesus after his resurrection, which happened at or around sunrise, according to Luke 24 verse 1, is anticipated by the rising of the sun, which also is in the east. East Oriens is the Latin word for for east, deriving from the second mean, the word meaning to rise. So when the priests and people, and people with the priests face at Orientum at Holy Mass, the body of Christ stands in hope, filled anticipation of Christ's return. Conversely, to be at hominem, to be towards man or human beings, is the phrase used since Aristotle to describe an inward turning towards emotion rather than the intellect. That is, in the face of suffering, either you turn with hope and look towards Christ, or you turn towards inward and are drawn into the lower emotions. The emotional response centers upon the self and often leads to a sense of entitlement and hypersensitivity that leads one to be easily offended when others do not conform to meet our expectations. This, in turn, often leads to unforgiveness and resentment. When a demon sees a person with an inward posture of ad hominem in the face of trial, he begins his work. Soon he will project emotions of blame towards God, others, or oneself. Why? Simply stated, the demon lives in this existential and eternal state of sadness, remorse, and despair over his fall, and consequently blames God for his own suffering. Conversely, when the demon sees a person who's, who, who turns ad orientum in the face of suffering, he's like Goliath seeing David running towards him with a sling circling over his head. The choice is yours. Focus not so much on the event as on your, your reaction to the event. What was your reaction then and what would, what would have it been today? Since you have fallen into, have you fallen into any negative patterns of sinful behavior since the event? Too often, we blame others for our suffering. Accordingly, you must forgive anyone who has injured you or you won't be healed of diabolical affliction or possession. You won't. Bearing in mind the above discussion on trauma, a subjective response to events 
can, can flavor our memory of the actual events, requiring caution. There can be perceived offenses by others which the demon can exploit. Offering prayers and sacrifices for someone who has hurt you is a proven means of breaking the grip of unforgiveness. As Jesus warned in the parable of the, unfor- of the unforgiving servant, he says in Matthew eighteen thirty five, our Lord says, so will my heavenly father do to you, that is, that is, hand you over to the tortures until the debt is paid, unless each of you forgives his brother from his heart. Matthew eighteen thirty five. Sometimes the person we need to forgive most is ourselves. And by forgiving ourselves, the demon cannot elicit an unholy shame or fear response to you by projecting a memory for your past sins. Remember, when God forgives, God forgets. Remember, when God forgives, God forgets. We'll be right back talking about the power of forgiveness in healing and deliverance from the diabolic. Now, back to Jesus 911. If this call is not an emergency, dial 888-526-2151. Soul Patrol, Jesus, one-man car, uh, Jesus 911. Uh, a former first responder here, now I'm a spiritual first responder. My name is Jesse Romero. Just want to mention today's psalm before I continue talking about the power of forgiveness, especially when it comes to driving out a demon and to being free from the diabolical diabolic affliction or diabolic possession. Psalm 119, be kind to me, Lord, and I shall live. Before I was afflicted, I went astray, but now I hold to your promise. You are good and bountiful. Teach me your statutes. It is good for me that I've been afflicted, that I may learn your statutes. The word of the Lord, thanks be to God. That's a perfect verse for people. God even allows possession. Read that verse today, today's psalm. Why does God even allow possession? Diabolic affliction, why? So that you could learn God's statutes. That's why. So you can hold on to God's promise. That's why. So that you can, so that you can turn to God's ordinances and you can turn to God in in uh, in all things and trust him that's why God allows diabolic affliction but let's continue with our liber crystal and by the way <clears throat> what is liber crystal let me for somebody that just start tuning in father chad ripperger has these sub organizations underneath his his pastoral care as an exorcist. One is called MonteCristo.net, MonteCristo.net, and you can see uh, Kyle Clement, that's Father Ripperger's right-hand man, that's where he's uh, very active doing uh, conferences and, 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 and training, days of training with Father Ripperger. And then you also have Liber Cristo, where you have all kinds of recordings of uh, from, from Liber Cristo spiritual warfare it's just a library of recordings so if uh, those are two places that you should just exhaust but going back to 
the power of forgiveness, as especially as it comes, as it relates to somebody who's diabolically afflicted, or should I say the, the impediment of unforgiveness, because that's where a lot of people are at. So sometimes the person we need to forgive most is ourselves. And by forgiving yourself, the demon cannot elicit an unholy shame or fear response in you by projecting the memory of your past sins. The demon will beat you up with your past sins but because you can't forgive yourself. You haven't confessed them and you can't forgive yourself. Once you confess them and you forgive yourself, the demon has, can't, can't use that uh, to torment you anymore, your past sins. This is often regarding things involving actions from long ago because we tend to demand more of ourselves than others. In other words, most of us say, I should have known better. Releasing ourselves from past sins and mistakes can be very challenging Often, a spirit of mockery derides the person who cannot forgive himself. And the demons will project things like, how did you let this happen to you? Or, what were you thinking? Or, you are worthless. The perception of the event can be distorted by a self-love attached or the failure to forgive yourself. But it is purified when you surrender the event to God and link your sufferings to the sufferings of Jesus Christ. We call this spiritual judo, or we call this vicarious suffering. Vicarious suffering means making a spiritual offering for others by uniting your suffering with that of Jesus. The seemingly simple offering of your physical or emotional pain, minor inconveniences, is a powerful way to loosen the enemy's grip. Resist, therefore, the desire for revenge, as St. Paul reminds us. He says, vengeance is mine, I will repay, says the Lord. Rather, if your enemy is hungry, feed him. If he is thirsty, give him something to drink, for by doing so you will heap burning coals upon his head. Do not be conquered by evil, but conquer evil with good. Romans chapter 12, verses 19 to 21. As the Bible says, vengeance, vengeance is mine, says the Lord. Vengeance poisons the human soul when we seek to avenge our pain. In fact, holding resentment and unforgiveness over past hurts is like drinking poison and waiting for the other person to die. (laughs) That's crazy. We must free ourselves of both if we want to experience true inner freedom. Conversely, Releasing whoever has hurt you, it opens your soul to graces that were previously blocked since the demon can manipulate your perception of people and events, particularly when you harbor resentment in the emotions. You got to allow, allow Christ's light into the construct of that situation. It could be very helpful. There's a, there's a, a beautiful phrase that happens, I think, it's on Holy Saturday when the deacon walks in and the church is dark and they walk in procession and he says, the light of Christ, and he's holding the big Easter candle. The light of Christ. This is a beautiful prayer. I I use that to pray over my wife, my kids, my in-laws, and my grandkids. Here's Jesse Romero's light of Christ prayer. It's uh, it's just a way of, instead of, oftentimes, because when we pray for family members, 
we end up praying in a manner where we're just uh, kind of trying to order God around. God, convert them. Convert their heart right now. Instead of asking, here's the way I do it. Here, here's, here's the Jesse Romero uh, modified light of Christ prayer that I've come up with. Every morning, I have this on my phone. I say this. May the light of Christ be upon my wife, my children, my boys and my girl, my in-laws, so that they see themselves as the Heavenly Father sees them and that I see them as the Heavenly Father sees them. May I not be an impediment for their growth and holiness. May the light of Christ be upon me that I forgive my wife, my kids, as the Lord has forgiven me. Guard my family as the apple of your eye and hide them under the shadow of your wings. May the Lord bless them and keep them safe. May the Lord shine his face upon them and be gracious to them. May the Lord look kindly upon them and give them his peace. Dear Lord, give my wife and my children and their, and their spouses and my grandkids the grace to ascend to the truths of the Roman Catholic faith and protect them and their children from the evil one. Amen. In the name of the Father, Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Notice, by calling the light of Christ upon your family, by inviting the light of Christ, think about this. The one who prayed, Father, forgive them from the cross, by using that same type of prayer, you uncover the demon who's feeding from the memory. You cut off his source of supply. As Kyle Clement, who wrote this simple but effective prayer, explains, he says, this projects the love of Christ upon the person and enables us to grow in our loving trust of God. That's beautiful. This prayer projects the love of Christ upon the person and enables us to grow in our loving trust of God. This simple prayer also changes perceptions of the event, yourself and others. Bear in mind also that the soul of the person you need to forgive may be in grave danger. They may need someone to pray and suffer for them. Surrendering your claim over them may be exactly what it takes to release a flood of graces from heaven into both of your lives. The volitional act of forgiving another is deeply augmented by sacramental confession. Asking God for the grace to forgive may mean that you, a- you ask him to change your heart towards a person that you need to forgive. That willful act will aid in the release of graces and confession. Thus, the light of Christ's prayer can be modified and used as a form, as a form intercessory prayer as well. Or as a, yeah, remember, it's a simple prayer. Just may the light of Christ be upon my spouse, my children, my grandkids, and that I forgive them as the Lord has forgiven me. What a beautiful, simple prayer. It was really composed by Kyle Clement and Father Ripper. Sometimes, however, the enemy keeps targeting you and, uh, and you need to change tactics. Whenever you experience any sort of pain, whether physical, psychological, or emotional, the Judah prayer is also quite effective. You're saying, what, just the Judah prayer? Yeah, the Judah prayer. You learn to use your opponent's force and momentum against him and in a similar, in a similar way, this prayer takes the force and momentum of the enemy and uses it for the salvation of souls. This prayer, the Judo prayer, 
also shows the subtleties of how to use mental prayer as a projection and, and, and also the value of using suffering as a weapon in spiritual combat. When your opponent rushes you, use the judo prayer. We're talking about your opponent, the devil. And it goes like this. Lord, I am experiencing pain. And everybody has different type of pain. Ulster, cancer, arthritis, shingles. Uh, you know, everybody has a different type of pain. Amputee, uh, whatever. Lord, I am experiencing and you name the pain that you're experiencing. If this is not from you and is diabolic in origin, I ask you to send it back to its source with a tenfold blessing. If, however, you want me to carry this cross, I willfully accept it and I ask you for the grace to carry it and I offer it for my sins and reparation of my sins and the sins of my family. Amen. Close quote. Remember, whether you have a simple, something as simple as a headache or sleeplessness, or an intense diabolic attack, offer your affliction for the person you need to forgive. The purification of the church, the souls in purgatory, a family member who has left the church, or an atonement for past sins, which bothers you. If you begin to offer all the little crosses of your day to the Lord, especially for anyone who has hurt you, you will progress quickly towards freedom in Christ. Jesus 911 will be right back. Stick around, don't go anywhere. Good stuff. Liber Cristo. Training. Now, back to Jesus 911. If this call is not an emergency, dial 888 526 2151. Soul Patrol, Jesus 911, Jess Romero, one man car today. <clears throat> we are doing our Liber Cristo method, a field manual for spiritual combat. Well, so, what is this? Okay. Father Ripperger has been an exorcist for 17 years. His two assistants, Kyle Clement and Dan Schneider, which are on with me every Wednesday, they, they rotate. They're both his, uh, his instructors and members of his team. <clears throat> da- Dr. Dan Schneider saw that Father Ripperger's book is not easy to understand. His book, Dominion. It's not easy. So, da- Dr. Dan Schneider, Professor Steubenville, Army veteran, he took Father's Dominion book and he modified it, made it simple for lay people. He broke it down into 12 easy lessons on how people can self-deliver and how exorcism teams can take people through phase one and two and help them deliver from diabolic affliction and, and, and possession. And so this is, this is, these are some of the things that we're going through, different aspects. Again, and unforgiveness is a huge aspect of people remaining diabolically afflicted. You will not be healed if you have hate and anger and bitterness and resentment. It is impossible! That provides a holding point for the demon. So, going back to the Judo prayer. Remember, if you begin to offer all the little crosses of your day to the Lord, especially for anyone who has hurt you, you will progress quickly towards freedom and you will go grow quickly in holiness. We have to remove 
the heavy armor of King Saul. What do I mean by that? Or what does Dan mean by that? Okay. So we focus so far on identifying and removing obstacles to the grace to, to grace so that God's grace or so that God's divine life may purify the soul. Without grace, interior freedom is impossible. A major obex to the flow of grace is unforgiveness. Like the heavy armor of King Saul that weighs you down and it limits your mobility. You can't fight with that heavy armor. What is that heavy, heavy armor? It's hate. All right? So a major obex or a major impediment to the flow of grace is unforgiveness. Like the heavy armor that King Saul tried to give little boy David, it weighed him down and, 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 and unforgiveness weighs you down. It limits your mobility. When you release others, however, you free yourself of any attachments the enemy may use against you. Confess any unforgiveness and then work on forgiving them by the act of the will. Forgiveness and love is an act of the will. Just, I don't know, maybe write a list of people that you need to forgive. Here's, here's a prayer that Dan has in his book, page 99. The following prayer may be used to help remove various obstacles as well as, uh, as, it, as aids as in, in, in uncovering where the demons may be hiding. So here's a prayer. By the power of the Holy Spirit, Reveal to me, Father, any people I need to forgive in any areas of unconfessed sin. Reveal aspects of my life that are not pleasing to thee, O Father, and ways that, I've, that have given or could give Satan a foothold in my life. Rather, I submit to thee any unforgiveness. I submit to thee my sins, and I submit to thee all the ways that Satan has a hold on my life. Thank thee, O Father, for this knowledge. Thank thee for thy forgiveness and thy love. Amen. So that's a prayer. Right before you go to confession, where you're saying, God, I, I need to know, Lord, reveal to me the areas of unconfessed sin or the people that I need to forgive. Oftentimes, again, as a result of just a diabolic affliction and the way they attack the mind, memory, and imagination, uh, they're able to blind us. Those demons will blind us and we forget about the people that we, that we need to forgive. We forget about uncon, uh, you know, unconfessed sins. So, let me make some summary remarks. Okay? Re- recall the statement that we talked about. A hardened unrepentance and a failure to see your own faults is the first obex or, or the first impediment which must be removed. In other words, a lot of people remain diabolically afflicted. I'll tell you why. Because they fall into what's called the sin of self-justification. That's a sin. It's listed in a, in, in a, in a moral theology manual of sins. In other words, let, let's just say this, for example. Okay, you're cutting your teeth on pornography at work. And you're saying, man, I shouldn't be doing this. And oh boy, you're lusting. You're lusting over those pictures, man. And you're even... You may even be pleasuring yourself in the bathroom at work. All right? And you say, man, I shouldn't be doing this. This is wrong. 
But then you go to the next person's cubicle, the next guy's cubicle, and you see, all these guys watch pornography. I'm like, why should I confess that? I'm not the only one that watches pornography. All these guys watch pornography. Why should I confess that sin? Ah, see what happened? The demon moved your mind, memory, and imagination, projected the thoughts of, you don't need to confess that sin. Everybody does it. That's called the sin of self-justification. I think many people have never went to confession. Forgive me, Father, for I have... Bless me, Father, for I have sinned. My last confession was a month ago, and these are my sins. Father, I, for, I, I confess the sin of self-justification. I've been justifying many of my mortal sins in the past and withholding them from confession. Think about that. Here's something else in relation to how to be healed of the diabolic. How prone are you to look for the faults in others while ignoring your own? Or as you know, Jesus says, you know, you're looking for the, the, the little stick in your brother's eye, but you've got a, a beam in your eye. Here's something else. How can you use a, a spiritual judo prayer when experiencing affliction? I use the judo prayer every day. I pray every single day. Remember some of you heard about a year, uh, almost two years ago, going on two years i had a bad case of shingles well (laughs) they're gone yeah of course they're they've been gone for a long time but there's still some residual neuropathy there's still some you know there's still some nerve damage and uh that that hasn't gone away completely so every day when i wake up and i do my morning prayers and i start feeling my nerves are 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 feel like they're stabbing me feels like a, a thorn in my side literally so i'll say as part of my morning prayers, Lord, I'm experiencing uh, shingle pain, the re- residual pain of nerve damage. If this is not from you and is a, a diabolic in origin, I ask you to send it back to its source with a tenfold blessing. If, however, you want me to carry this cross, I willfully accept it and I ask you for the grace to carry it and I offer it for in reparation for my sins and the sins of my family and in reparation of the Sacred Heart of Jesus and the Immaculate Heart of Mary. Amen. So I do that every day. So Why? Number one, because the pain that I, that I feel, I'm giving it back to God as a form of reparation. That's a good thing. Reparation prayers are good for you, your family, and for your soul. This is something very important for us as Catholics to get back into, doing prayers of reparation. That's a form of penance. And also, it makes my suffering a form of penance. Throughout the day, all my pain is, is, is being is being offered to God because I've intentionally done so in the morning with the judo prayer and the morning offering prayer. And also in the event, let's just say in the event that the neuropathy that I feel, the nerve damage, if this came from a diabolic source, let's just say a Satanist or a witch or a shaman or an occultist uh, who doesn't like me and has been cursing me and I end up, my body became vulnerable to shingles and neuropathy. Let's just, let's just say if, if this came from a diabolic source, an occultic source through a curse or a hex or a malediction or a ritual, guess what? What I'm doing is I'm taking this pain that I now feel and I'm, and I'm sending it back to the source of this evil as a, as a blessing. What happens? It's like the Bible says, that's like putting hot charcoal, hot charcoal on the head of your enemies. Okay, the Bible says, bless those who curse you. And so in case this does come from some occultist who's been doing rituals against me, just saying, 
I'm asking God to bless that occultist. And so as a result of that, that's the Bible says, bless those who curse you. And the Bible also says, uh, when you do that, it's like heaping hot charcoal on the head of your enemy. Also, we just talked about unforgiveness. <clears throat> Remember, there's an old saying in Catholicism, offer it up, offer it up. This is what the judo prayer is. It's offering it up. You're offering up your, your, your body as a living sacrifice to God and saying, God, take my pain as, as a form of penance in reparation for my sins and the sins of my family and, this, and all the sins of the people that offend your sacred heart and the immaculate heart of Mary. This, well, we just talked about unforgiveness. It listed several emotional and psychological wounds that the demon can induce sh- emotions of shame or fear when you do not obey the Lord's command to forgive. Remember, the Bible says in Matthew 6, 12, forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. I can assure you, nobody who hates will be in heaven. Haters, haters will not enter the kingdom of heaven. I saw somebody with a t-shirt like that and I was cracking up when I saw it. Haters will not enter heaven. That's a true statement. You can't hate, okay? You can't be angry with somebody and, and enter heaven. So, you have to ask yourself, what applies to me the most? What, uh, what areas, how am I being attacked? And, 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 and also, self-loathing. Demons hate themselves. And demons want you to hate yourself as well. Self-loathing is one of the tactics of a demon. Demons hate themselves and they hate you. And they want you to hate yourself. So those people that walk around, with, I mean, with that, this type of depression and self-loathing, that's not good. I had a brother that, that uh, basically felt worthless for most of his life. But once he accepted that he was loved by God and that Jesus was truly present to the Blessed Sacrament and started praying the daily rosary and realized that Our Lady loved him, his life completely turned around. Think about this last challenge. Who are the three people you find most difficult to forgive and why? Well, guess what? Work on that and live in the freedom as a son or a daughter of God. That's a wrap, my friends. The flagship verse for this show, Psalm 69, verse 2. God, come to my assistance. Lord, make haste to help me. We're called to be great saints. Don't miss the opportunity. Rich, who's up next, buddy? Matthew Arnold, no-nonsense Catholicism. Up next, stick around. Don't go anywhere. God bless you. Keep the faith. See you next time.